So what comes up talking about the subject of love? So it takes many of us a long time to really know what love is, you know, and for many of us it's a big, big journey. And it's okay. You don't have to know what love is in order to begin the journey. When, when you told me yesterday that you know, let it go everything, and there's a lot. Well, 
the way the way to begin is to make a clear aspiration that it's important not to harm. That's the way to begin, is to make that intention. And then when you notice you make a mistake, that you say something you regret, what's really important that you don't beat yourself up. What's important is just to recognize that um, when you speak this way, it has these consequences, and these consequences don't feel very good. So you don't make yourself a bad person. You just see that when you say something you don't like, it doesn't feel very good. And so when you make the connection between cause and effect, it gives you more courage to say, how is it that these causes arise? So that when they arise, I can respond in a different way. And I don't have to respond in the way where I'm saying something I regret later. Yeah. So it's not helpful to have an idea that I'm supposed to be like that if I don't have the steps how to get there. So the first step is to make the determination to not harm. And the second step is to really begin to do things that help you connect with your own goodness. And classically in the Buddhist teachings, practicing generosity, giving, helps us connect with our own goodness. And our own goodness then, when we feel good, we don't want to harm. When we're depressed, it's really hard to make the right decision. So we have to cultivate this quality of open-heartedness in order to bring forward what's needed in order to make the right decisions. They go together. Yeah. And so it's not helpful to harm yourself. Even if you make a mistake, harming yourself doesn't help. So when we make a mistake, we need to look and see what are the causes. And then we need to forgive ourselves. Because it's often the case that we make mistakes when we are experiencing a lot of pain. Don't usually make mistakes when we're feeling really healthy, when we're feeling grounded, when we're feeling confident. When our heart is full of love, it's usually not when we're making mistakes. Yeah. you first started and you were talking about the elderly woman and the dog. Um, my dad, my mom had already passed away and my dad lived in Indiana and uh, he had just been here. We, he and I had become widow and widow together, 11 weeks apart. Wow. Both unexpected. Wow. So he and I became even closer and he had just been here he had gone home and he was um, done some yard work and he was going to dinner with his friends. And he, do you know what a pug dog looks like? He had a pug. And his little dog had never ever gotten out of the fence before. And he lives in the country. And his dog got out and ran 
until he found a woman outside in her yard. And he barked and barked and barked and then would turn and run towards my dad's house and kept doing this until this woman finally said, I think I should follow this dog. And my dad was having a stroke. Oh my goodness. And this little dog went for help. Oh my goodness. And brought this woman back. And um, so I got this phone call and so I drove oh to Denver and I got on an airplane and I went and this stroke took his right side, so his speech and the use of his right side and I spent two years there caring for him and when I would bring his dog, oh my gosh, the dog got so excited and he, you know, oh, and he learned to talk again and he learned to walk again and um, I would bring the dog, it, it, it took a very long time. His goal was to get back to his house, which he did, and, and then passed away there, but over that two-year period, um, we were in acute rehab and then subacute and then um, kind of an assisted living apartment. And I would bring the dog and, and I would visit those people. And you could truly see them. So that love that you were describing was amazing. And I would always be reluctant to put the dog on their laps because they were elderly and most of them were little ladies and they would be like, no, no, put him on my lap. He would be like, and they just beamed. They came alive. So I would buy pug calendars and I would cut all those pictures out and then write the notes and sign the dog's name and send them. Because I was astounded at how many didn't have family to come. So that was a very interesting love, you know, not just for family. And then obviously, um, as hard as it was, I wouldn't trade one minute of reversing that role and being able to care for him. reciprocate, you know, having been my parent and caring for me. So I think those are, when you ask about love, two forms that are very fresh because that's something that is very recent. That reminds me of, we had a German shepherd when, when, when we were little, and my brother and I used to play model airplanes. And my dad was taking a nap once, and I cut myself with the exacto. Not terrible, but I couldn't get it to stop bleeding. So I, I said to my brother, I think you've got to go wake dad up because I can't get this to stop bleeding. But the dog had smelled the blood and had gone to wake my father up so that he woke right. up hearing, I think you should go wake up dad because I can't get it to stop bleeding, you know. So animals, they can be so tuned in, you know. They can be so, um, just so responsive, you know. And then the dog died shortly after my dad did. And I, it was so Was that, was that unexpected? Oh, yeah. Oh, he just followed him. He did. 
there was no doubt in my mind that he realized that he was there to help him. And when he was gone, he decided it's time to it go. was time to go. Wow. And uh, he fell ill and it was just, we didn't know what was wrong because he had looked okay. And uh, then it just became apparent that he, he was going to go be it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. You don't have a brother? I have a sister, but she lives in New Mexico and her lifestyle just wasn't one that she could go. I, I was able to just lock my door and go, but just, you know, it's so sad when their mind is okay. But your body doesn't do what your mind tells it to do. My baby got just like the Yeah. And we spent six hours a day, six days a week in therapy. Oh. With speech, OT, and PT. And when we weren't there, he, I would take him back and we would both have a rest. And then I would continue to work with him. And on Sundays when he didn't have formal therapy. We did them all. But he wanted to do it. What about your family? Well, I was widowed, so, and my daughters are adults, so it made it okay for me to be there. But just hard, hard in heart to see. I, I remember the speech therapist saying to him one day, he had learned to say a handful of words, and she said, okay, I'd like you to count to five. And he kind of looked at me like, anyway. And that was her test. And she said, um, that part of your brain. And so we started just like you do with a small child. And I would say one, and he would say one. We would go to three, and then he could go to three by himself. But he could talk and he could say, I used to know how to count. And, and the speech therapist was like, yeah, and it's okay. But that's just, you have to make a new connection there. So that part was painstakingly hard oh, to watch. My goodness. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. A good experience. Yeah. Though. So did you graduate from California University? UC Santa Cruz. Oh, you graduated. Just when you were speaking, it was very intellectual. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and then I just want to hear again, but yesterday, what you say. Can you say one more time? Which part? Beginning is okay to your at the time of seventeen. You you have the like your brain was the got fire. Mm -hmm. 
that's fine. <laughs> so when I was 17, I went to the university. And when I was in the university, I went to this class on religions of India. And it was in that class where I felt it was clear that my life was going to be committed to spiritual focus first. And then after being in that class for a month, I had a vision of being a nun. So from that point, from the time I was 17, I consciously committed to awakening as being the focus of my life. But it took 10 years until I came to the monastery. So that was in 1979. And 1989 was when I actually went to the monastery. So it took all of that time before I could come to the monastery. But it wasn't wasted time because I was going on retreats and had a daily meditation practice. And when I was talking about these different levels, there was a lot, you know, 17-year-old person is just so young. Yeah. And such a baby. Such a baby. Yeah. And, you know, all of us have things that we have to sort out, and I'm certainly no exception. So I had plenty of things that I had to sort out. So I, I have not regretted any of it. I didn't regret the time it took me to get to the monastery. I didn't regret anything that happened in the monastery. What reason do you need to go to? Because in the Theravadan tradition, this was the only place where nuns were training. Because you said there are no monks and, and there, are no, there are no nuns. Well, in Thailand, there are no nuns because they only have eight precept mages. So this was a place in England where they were doing something a little bit different. They were actually training as alms mendicants with proper vinya training. And so Ajahn Chah, who was the great forest meditation master, he um, gave permission for Ajahn Sumedho to train nuns. And so something new was happening in England, and it wasn't happening anyplace else. Yeah. So that was 20-something years ago, 25 years ago, 27 years ago. Can you teach me how to do the meditation? I can, but I'm not going to be able to teach you today. Mm. I have a day-long retreat that I'm doing on March 10th. So mark it in your calendar. It'll be in Denver. Yeah, and so, you know, you can come for that, yeah? I'd be happy to teach you, but I'm not going to be able to teach you today, okay? Is it really hard? No, it's just that it, you need to have instruction and practice and things like that, yeah. So it's, it's on meditation? On March 10th. Uh -huh. It'll be a day-long retreat. A day-long retreat. Yeah, okay. so it'll start at 9.30 in the morning, finish at 3 in the afternoon. And it'll be instruction in Denver. In, uh, I'll give you the the address. It'll be on the website calendar. Yeah, it's not there yet, but it will be soon. Yeah, I know from the other temple one. He said I should just focus. Please, yeah, yeah, yeah. Should just focus.
Where are you living now? Green Mountain. Green Mountain Four. Yeah, Where's that? U.S. Yeah. Just keep going Cascade. Yeah. Yeah. And then Green Mountain Park. Mm-hmm. Just keep going the Green Mountain Park. So it's before Woodland Park? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, maybe town, 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 yeah, mine's too. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I have two kids and a husband. Like, How old are your children? Uh, they are 12 yeah. and, and 8. Okay. Two girls. I have two girls. Uh, lovely. <laughs> if your husband wants to help me with computers, I have some computer things. My printer's not working <laughs> and I have some computer problems. So if he wants okay. to come and help, let him know. I'd be very happy. Yeah, okay. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I'm not sure he can completely fix it, but yeah, he's like a general knowledge person. So yeah. He's not a young man. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what I can do. Good. Is it now? No. no. Okay. It's my brother's birthday celebration today, so I'd like to wash the dishes and go soon uh, because I want to be able to help celebrate with him. So uh, it's nice to be your new family. Yeah. But as of my country, yeah. everyone's supposed to be away from your family. Well, this is, yeah, this everything is different here. You know, normally nuns don't live by themselves. You know, normally we don't live in the city. We live in the forest. Everything is different. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is different. Yeah. Normally we live connected to a Buddhist community that's supporting us. I don't have that support here. None of the Buddhist groups are supporting me here. Part of that, I think, is because different groups have a different sense. Uh So, um, I don't know, with each group it's different. You know, um, it just, it's, everyone has a different reason. I used to be, I used to visit and teach at many of the groups, Mm -hmm. and then some of the groups decided, like one Zen group, they decided they only wanted Zen people coming. So when they decided only Zen people coming, I never was invited after that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, different groups have different things that they think and feel. But mostly the reason why is because in Colorado there isn't any sense of real valuing of monastics or any sense of um, what richness mm-hmm. can come from being in relationship with them. So it's a complete lack of information and appreciation. Mm-hmm. Not from bad ideas, from ignorance, exactly. from not having exactly. experience. And I can't say, love me. <laughs> It'll be good for you if you love me. <laughs> Somebody else has to say that. I can't see that. And I'm mm-hmm. naturally an introvert, mm-hmm. so I'm not naturally an extrovert. Yeah. So what is needed is for there to be a public yes. relations yes. person mm-hmm. who actually does that bridging. Mm-hmm. You know, because 
it's not really suitable for me in my position to do that, and it's totally not my character to do that. Because I put it on the website. Yeah, so because there's, you know, so we're two here, but there's many around, and so the many around listen. So they can hear Yes, they can hear your voice. If you don't want, I won't put it up. But, 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 you know, if you don't feel comfortable, I won't, I won't, I won't put this part on. But mostly, what happens is that people find it actually very um, supportive, and they have no idea who you are. So. You know, they hear a voice, but they have no idea who you are. Yeah. So it's very anonymous. Yeah. And then they hear your questions, and then it helps them with their own understanding. Uh, in the picture, I saw also the white gown, the lady, and you cut her hair. So you also, she's your... She was my postulant and she stayed here for a few months and then it wasn't working for her to be here so she went to another monastery and now she's in texas she's in austin yeah austin yeah yeah there's the tibet temple she's not in a temple she's staying with friends she doesn't have robes she put the robes away yeah yeah anyway i would like to go because it's my brother's birthday today okay yeah Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.